Hello, Bravo lovers, and welcome to another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. I hope everyone is doing very, very well. Uh, I'm excited to announce that this is the first official episode where you will not only be able to listen in your car or while you're working out or while you're at work, but you can also watch this episode on the Bravo Tea with Jared B YouTube page because we are officially visual. (laughs) I don't even know if that makes sense. But on today's episode, I have some Bravo news with you like this lawsuit, a possible lawsuit, potential litigation coming from Bravo reality stars, allegedly some Real Housewives in the mix and some other Bravo reality stars. And of course, Bethany is at the helm of all of this mess. I also have uh, my recap of the most recent episode of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And of course, I have my recap of the most recent episode of the Real Housewives of New York City. So let's get into it. Of course, I'm your host, Jared B, and we are coming to you from my apartment here in Atlanta, Georgia. It is about damn time I give you some visuals, as they ask Beyonce for. Um, I'm very happy to be doing this. You know, I did my Alex Propson interview, Alex Propson from Below Deck Sailing Yacht, I think about two weeks ago, and I got a lot of great responses from friends, family, and other podcast listeners, so I thought it's about damn time I give you exactly what you've been asking for. Um, Well, at least I hope you've been asking for it. Um, So before I get into my recap of the Real Housewives of Atlanta and New York City, I wanted to get into some Bravo news. So if you have not heard, if you live under a rock, last Friday, there were a handful of reality stars that are accusing NBC Universal of manipulative tactics covering up instances of sexual violence and refusing to let cast members leave shows, among other claims. The lawyers want the networks to hold on to any potential evidence ahead of possible litigation. According to the legal letter obtained by Rolling Stone, these individuals have been mentally, physically, and financially victimized by NBC and threatened with ruin should they decide to speak out about their mistreatment. As a result, the sordid and dark underbelly of NBC's widely consumed reality TV universe has remained under wraps for far too long. In the letter, which doesn't directly identify any of the clients represented in potential litigation, the lawyers outline six bullet pointed allegations on behalf of their clients, like attempts to manufacture instability through food and sleep deprivation and copious amounts of alcohol, denying cast members mental health treatment, exploiting minors by not paying them to appear on TV shows, distributing porn, hiding sexual violence from the public, and binding cast members to their contracts, even in the worst circumstances. Now, we have also learned that allegedly Bethany Frankel is involved in this legal matter. Are we surprised? According to page six, 
Frankel enlisted legal eagles Brian Friedman and Mark Garagos to wage a reality war on NBC and its subsidiary, Bravo, earlier this week or last week, according to Variety. In the letter obtained by Page Six, they accuse NBC and Bravo of making deliberate attempts to, again, manufacture mental instability, um, like I said earlier, denying mental health treatment for those displaying obvious and alarming signs of mental deterioration. Deterioration, sorry. Um, Page Six's insider would not name names of the people already involved, but told us it's definitely housewife heavy with multiple franchises of housewives, but it's people from all different Bravo shows. Now this weekend, Bethany Frankel released a TikTok that she later deleted, pretty much offering her reasoning behind these accusations wagered against NBC Universal, but it seems like it's specifically targeted towards Bravo, which is owned by NBC Universal. Take a listen. For those of you who are criticizing the whole Bravo, NBC, and reality reckoning moment that's happening overall, come at me, bro because I was the Bravo darling and I did come out the most successful of all. And I did leave twice and I have been asked back multiple times and I was a part of the machine and I was a leader of the pack. And I did participate in a lot of things that I'm not proud of, but I can explain it to you. I can't understand it for you. And the blinders are off and I do know it all. And the entire Bravo sphere is mentioning it all. And saying that people who signed up for reality TV knew exactly what they were getting into is like saying that a woman who was taken advantage of was asking for it. So if you're gonna take a shot at this B, you better not miss. Watch what happens. Now, I will say these accusations are horrible. They're truly horrible. And if true, the work culture that happens on reality shows should change. No matter where you work, no matter what your position is, it should be a safe place for you to feel supported, a safe place for you to be paid fairly, and a place for you to be respected. Now, what I'm personally confused by is Bethany's participation in this whole matter, in the takedown of Bravo. Now, we would not know who Bethany Frankel is if it weren't for Bravo. She used the Real Housewives of New York City, as she should have, and that platform to launch her brand, Skinny Girl, which she sold for alleged, allegedly around $100 million. Not cents. She left Housewives and came back and left again. And... I thought she was friends with Andy Cohen. She was on Watch What Happens Live uh, uh, several months ago with Jeff Lewis. That was a, you know, that was a shady encounter for Bethany. Um, she also started a Rewinds podcast where she recaps and discusses past Housewife episodes with a guest. So I'm not necessarily understanding Bethany's motive. I, well, no, I don't understand it at all, <laughs> to be honest. Uh She's happy and willing to reap the benefits and rewards of being involved in the world of Bravo 
and the Real Housewives, and yet she seems to be leading the helm when it comes to these legal accusations against NBC Universal. And I feel this is very opportunistic of Bethany because let me tell you something. We've known Bethany now for what, 15 years? And Bethany is many things. She is smart, she is witty, she is business savvy, but Bethany also loves attention which is why she always goes on her rants on her TikTok or social media about Meghan Markle, Will Smith, Bravo, The Real Housewives, because it gets her attention. She thrives off attention. Her business thrives off attention. Her TikTok thrives off attention. Her podcast thrives off attention. And now she is thriving off the attention she's getting for being involved in this. Like attention is Bethany Frankel's king. Okay, that's her kink. So I don't know how this is going to go. And I don't know where this is going to go. But I certainly will keep you all updated. So now, let's get into the Real Housewives of Atlanta. So we have the Real Housewives of Atlanta. This is season 15 episode three titled peach passion sorry i'm just waiting for my notes to catch up excuse me you know listen technology loves working when it wants to there we go so it's the holidays on the real housewives of atlanta and before i officially get started with this recap we get a quick check-in with candy and todd where todd asked shamia to be a stripper in his movie hall pass and we also know that he offered monietta a role in this movie so i guess todd is trying to keep it all in the bravo family because drew's going to be in the movie shamia is going to be in the movie monietta is going to be in the movie he might as well ask kenya to be in the movie and maybe candy should have asked cynthia to be in the movie but we move on to Sanya and her sister, and they are wrapping uh, Christmas gifts. Uh, and I, I have to say, I love Sanya's sister. She does not hold back, and I love it. Um, Sanya asks her sister what's going on, and her sister responds, uh, just trying to survive under these circumstances, living with you guys. And she does it with a smile on her face. So, like, you can't even be mad at her. It's so fucking cute. And uh, listen, I also believe that Sammy's sister would be a fantastic housewife. She might even be a better housewife than Sanya. No shade, Sanya. No shade. Don't come for me. Listen, Sanya, Sanya is a great woman. She's an accomplished woman. She's a nice woman. She has a wonderful family, a wonderful husband. She has a wonderful child. Um, she is, a, a, she's an Olympian. And even with all those ingredients in the pot, it doesn't necessarily make a housewife, a good housewife. And like, there's nothing wrong with Sanya. I just personally believe at this point, I don't really think she adds anything to the show. Like this season, she's really worked hard in trying to be a mediator. And I would give her a, a C plus for it. Like I believe that, you know, 50 Cent, AKA 50 <laughs> AKA Cynthia Bailey is a better mediator than Sanya Ross Richards uh, or Sanya Richards Ross. I'm sorry, Sanya. Uh, listen, um, but yes. So, uh, but I have to say, 
um, Sandra opens up with her to her sister because Sandra feels like her sister isn't part of any major moments in her life anymore. But Sandra's sister lets her know that she's been around to support Sandra for years, but things have changed and she's creating boundaries in her life because she is a wife and a mother now. And what I love about Sanya, because I do love things about Sanya, don't get me wrong, is that she loves her family and she wants to include them in her business ventures because in my mind, Sanya believes that if she's winning, her family's winning. But Sanya needs to understand that things have changed, priorities have changed, dynamics have changed, and Sanya needs to get acclimated to these changes or she is going to keep on catching stray shade bullets from her sister, okay? So, and I also wish this conversation happened in the beginning of the season because this has been dragged out almost the whole season and now it is episode 13 and now, finally, we get a mutual understanding between the two. Excuse me, I need to get me some water because my throat, my throat is dry. Let me tell you something. Your mouth, when you're doing these podcasts, your mouth will dry out. Your lips will get chapped. Like, what is going on? I feel like I'm falling apart on the camera right in front of everyone. (laughs) So we move on to this next scene, and we have Candy at her restaurant, Blaze. And look who has come to town. It is Miss Cynthia Bailey, a.k.a. 50 Cent. And she even has her own confessional. Now, when I saw this, I was like, okay, you can tell production and Bravo have a lot of love and respect for Cynthia because they're giving a guest former housewife a confessional. And this is not something I see often. I don't even know if this is something I've seen at all. Now, I could be wrong. I don't have a problem with being wrong. If I am wrong and you have examples of times where a former housewife has been given a confessional just as a guest on the show, listen, slide in my DMs. You can reach out to me at Bravo T with Jared B on Instagram. I'm on threads uh, at Bravo T with JB on Twitter. Listen, I'm also on TikTok. I'm on the TikTok on the clock. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, reach out to me and let me know if, Other people have been given this wonderful treatment like the one and only Cynthia Bailey. But I have to say, I do miss me some Cynthia Bailey. And a lot of you out there for years have called Cynthia Bailey boring. You said she needs to be demoted. You said she needs to be fired. And listen, now we're at the point where people miss Cynthia and people want her back on the show. And what a lot of people don't realize is that every housewife cast needs a normal housewife whose feet are firmly planted on the ground. Someone relatable and someone that's not extra. And that person is Cynthia Bailey. So with Candy, Cynthia opens up about the disappointment she feels about her second marriage. Both we have seen happen on the show. Now, if you guys don't remember... I think it was season three, season four, maybe Cynthia's first season. And Cynthia and her first husband, Peter Thomas, are about to get married at the Fern Bank Museum. There's a dinosaur in their wedding venue. And Cynthia's mother and her sister, Mallory, are like discussing off on the side 
you know, discussing about the fact that maybe they should not give Cynthia the marriage license because they feel like Peter might not be the right person for her to marry. And it turned out to be true. Um, but yeah, they were plotting to like pretend like they just like lost the marriage certificate. And so this marriage would not be legally binding. And then, of course, she marries Mike Hill. Um, but I have to say, listen, Cynthia is beautiful. She has a great heart. She loves love. And she will find the one who holds her heart. So, Cynthia, do not give up on yourself. Do not give up on love. And then we have Candy. And she invites Cynthia to her bedroom candy event, the Peach Social, which is the launch of her new product, the Peach Buzz. So I have to say, I didn't realize it until Candy said it. Candy has gotten into it with just about everyone on the cast, with the exception of King and Moore and Monietta Shaw. And so right now, Candy is using that lifeline and calling on Cynthia Bailey like, I need another friend. Because anytime you need a friend, I will be here. Love you, Mariah. <laughs> I don't sound like Mariah. But does Mariah sound like Mariah? No shade. Don't come for me, lambs. Don't come for me. <laughs> um, but also, Candy mentions the fact that Drew denied kissing LaToya, and LaToya confirmed at the reunion that she and Drew Sador kissed. Candy confirmed it. Kenya confirmed it. Marlo 80% confirmed it. And not only did LaToya confirm it on the reunion, but she also went on Candy's YouTube show, speak on it, and confirmed it there. Take a listen and take a look. We touch on, there was a kiss that happened between you and Drew. Yeah, that she denied. She straight denied it. We had a moment, okay, <laughs> at the private bachelorette party that we thought wasn't being filmed at all, but I guess people are True. speaking on it. Right. You know, the kiss. You saw the kiss. I did. Okay. I did. I did. And um, she's completely denying that she kissed me. It's like, why can't you kiss a girl? What's the problem with that? I don't know. I was thinking maybe she just doesn't remember the kiss. How not? Thinking, because I was thinking, well, maybe she had too much to drink or something like that. We all did. Yeah. But I remember that kiss, Drew. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> so as we have heard and now seen, LaToya did confirm that this kiss happened after the cameras went down at the bachelorette party in Charleston, South Carolina for Cynthia Bailey. But my question is, why is Drew denying it? And why is LaToya covering for Drew? What's going on? What's going on? So we move on to the Sedora Pittman household and a producer asked Drew in her confessional if she asked Ralph what he was up to in Vegas and Ralph said that he was working. But Drew isn't exactly trusting what's coming from Ralph. And listen, I don't blame her. I do not blame her at all because what, two, three seasons ago? Remember how we met Ralph and Drew? We found out that Ralph went to the beach in Florida for three days without telling his wife where he was going. And he still, to this day, cannot answer what he was doing at the beach in Florida, especially because you know how many beaches you have to drive by from Atlanta to Tampa, which I think is where he went. You know how many beaches you drive by from Atlanta to Tampa? 
just to spend time there? And isn't Tampa like the stripper capital of the world? Isn't it? Listen, I don't know. I'm just, you know, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. But I have to also point out that Drew tells Ralph, uh, because Drew and Ralph start talking about the trip in Portugal, and uh, Drew points out that it is illegal for Marlo to record Drew in Portugal without her permission. Now, according to Georgia state law, because I did have to look this up, Georgia prohibits the use of a camera without the consent of all persons observed to observe, photograph, or record the activities of another which occur in any private place and out of public view. So basically, it is illegal for you to record someone without consent in private, but it's a free for all in public. If you see someone in a public bathroom, don't do that. Don't do that. But if you see someone at the grocery store, at a Kroger, at a Publix, at a stop and shop, at a Pathmark, at a Gristini's, at a King Cullen, wherever you are, it's, it's fair game. And you see this happen with paparazzi and famous people. Um, now let's remember the ladies were in Portugal and over there, it is legal to shoot footage of someone without consent in a public place like here in Georgia, but this did happen in Sheree's hotel room. So I guess that's private, but the cameras went down and they are on a reality show, which is kind of public. So I don't know how this would work in a court of law. Like, I don't know how this litigation would play out so they might have to take it to judge judy for her to settle it you know and i know that judge judy does uh small claims court i believe but i would love to see judge judy litigate a lawsuit between two housewives that is a show to watch so we move on to candy's bedroom candy event the peach social and uh i must say Candy Moneybags Burris knows how to throw an event, and she has the budget for it. Candy has the coin. Sorry I'm moving back and forth, but, like, I have my notes on my screen in front of me, and when I bring my mouse back here, it doesn't work. But when it's up here on my table, it works perfectly. So if you're wondering why I'm going, going back and forth like this, it's to operate my monitor so I can give you the Bravo T. <laughs> so I have to say in the moment at this event, uh, it's Candy, Sheree, Courtney, Marla, Monietta, and Sanya. And the conversation is light and fun. There is great banter. They're joking around. They're playing with the Peach Buzz product. And I'm like, why can't it be like this all the time? Why does it have to be shady? Why does it have to be intense? Why does there have to be drama? And then Kingdom Moore arrives, and then Cynthia Bailey arrives. And I love that Cynthia fits in seamlessly with this group. Listen, Cynthia Bailey has not skipped a beat. She got her she got her glam. She got mic'd up and camera started rolling and she stepped right back into that role. So can, Bravo, can we please have Cynthia Bailey return? Even if it's in a friend capacity. It doesn't have to be full time, but I would love to have Cynthia Bailey back on the show because this is what is missing from the show friendship and yes we love the drama yes we love the shady moments but we also love resolution and we love fun moments shady fun moments between 
the ladies. So now, former friend of Latoya arrives, and right out the gate, she lets Candy know that she's upset with her, and Latoya doesn't like the fact that she was brought up in the conversation, and she was not there to defend herself. But honestly feel like this wasn't really about Latoya. It was more about Drew. And, you know, Latoya just happened to be an innocent bystander in the whole matter. You know, listen, I still want to know why Latoya all of a sudden is trying to cover up for Drew when Latoya has admitted in the past that they did kiss. Like, who cares? Who cares? But Drew, well, actually, Candy... Uh, Candy, Latoya, and Drew have a private conversation, and Candy makes it clear that she does not want them to make it seem like she's lying, and Drew responds that she's just trying to defend her truth. But there's Candy's truth, there's Drew's truth, there's two different truths. So who the hell is telling the truth? Because I stated this already. Candy confirmed they kissed, Marlo, Kenya, and Latoya said it at the reunion, and on Candy's Speak On It show. So, Drew, remember this, girl. The truth shall set you free. And we don't care that you kiss LaToya. We know that you care, but we don't care. So now we're going to move on to the real housewives of Nueva York. We have season 14, episode four, titled The Most Brinteresting Girl in the Room. And so it's morning time in the Hamptons, and Aaron makes the lady shashuka for breakfast. And you know, Sai is throwing a little shade at Aaron shashuka, saying it looks like a, a soupy breakfast. But I have to agree, I have to disagree with Sai, excuse me, I disagree with Sai. That shashuka looked delicious. And I personally love a savory breakfast. Like if there were some Heinz beans in that shashuka, but I don't I don't want to mess up the Israeli traditions of the shashuka. But if there were some Heinz beans in that, shash, that shashuka, I, I would have gobbled it all up. <laughs> and I like that Aaron introduced her Israeli culture to the ladies. So I need the ladies to stop ragging on Aaron what about the caviar, the cheese, the shashuka, the heat not working, which I will say that is a party foul. Because if you are having guests in your home and your heat is not working or your air conditioning is not working, that's a problem. That is a problem. But I want to give a round of applause for Erin because she tried. She tried to be a gracious host. But these ladies are high maintenance, okay? So then we have Uber. Uba, she presents her product of hot sauces called Uba Hot. And I might have to scoop me up some Uba Hot hot sauces. Uh, but I can only handle the mild hot sauce. I can't do anything spicy because I get hot. I start sweating. I get indigestion. And then it all goes downhill from there. So I, 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 I'll keep the mild Uba Hot and give the spicy ones away to a friend that likes some spice. Um, then the ladies start talking about their Thanksgiving plans and Bryn shares that she doesn't have a real family. So she's going to London with her third ex-fiance, Gideon. 
And then the ladies uh, pack their stuff and they head back to the city. And I have to say, I think this was a very successful trip to the Hamptons. We got a little drama, but most importantly, we got to know Cy De Silva more and we got to know Bryn a little more. But in this episode, we are going to definitely know Bryn on a deeper level. So we are now back in the city and we are at the hair salon with Bryn. And Bryn opens about opens up about growing up biracial in Indiana. She was raised by her grandmother, who is white, and her grandmother didn't know what to do with her hair. And honestly, I can't imagine what it was like for Bryn to grow up being biracial in Indiana and being afraid and hesitant to take ownership of a part of who you are and fully embrace the part of who she is and for the community, the black community to teach her about the part of who she is. But I am happy that Bryn's grandmother had a friend that had a hair salon and Bryn was able to connect with the black community by going to the beauty shop because besides the church, barbershops and beauty shops are the bedrock of community gatherings for the black community. It's where you see your friends, it's where you can run into your family, it's where you can see your neighbors, and there's good conversation, there's jokes, there's shade, there's culture. And back in the day, bootleg DVDs. One of my favorite things about going to the barber shop when I was younger, my mom, of course, would take me. And listen, the bootleg DVD man would come through the barber shop and he would have, you know, like Shrek, Shrek 2 on DVD. And my mom would buy it and, you know, we'd go home, pop it in a DVD player. And, you know, the camera is shaking, <laughs> trying to capture the movie screen. You see people walking by, going to their seats, going to the bathroom. Like, it was real janky. But shout out to all the bootleg DVD people out there. I miss my bootleg DVDs. So then we get to this next scene with Uba. Um, I'm not sure if it's a, a therapy scene. Um, it's a sit down with a lady and I don't know what she is. I don't know if she's a therapist, a spiritual healer, a friend, a life coach, or all of the above that really wasn't specified. I don't know if I missed that that caption, because usually when there's someone on the screen that we don't know, production will pull up, you know, this is so-and-so. So I don't know if I missed that, um, but I don't know who this lady is. I, I don't know her. But in this moment, we definitely got to know Uba Hassan more. And Uba shares that uh, where she's from, if you started a business, your family helped, your uncle, your cousin, your mother, your father, your aunt, but Uba does not have any family in New York because remember, Uba is from the country of Somalia. And for all those um, geographically special people out there, Somalia is a country in the continent of Africa. And that's your social studies lesson for the day. Ding! <laughs> But like I said, uh, Uba does not have any family with her in New York City. And Uba feels alone because she does not have her mom. Her mom passed away. Um, and her mom was always someone that she went to for wisdom and encouragement. And then, oof, let me tell you, Uba had me in tears watching her because I don't personally know what it's like to lose a mother. I'm fortunate to still have mine and have a good relationship with my mother. And listen, my mother is someone I also lean on for wisdom and advice 
and I'm grateful that she is always there to pick up the phone, even if it's just like a five minute conversation, just saying, hey, how are you? Because I feel like if I make the uh, attempt to contact my mom, um, she will <laughs> she will not text me and be like, hello, do you still exist out here in the world? I haven't heard from you in so long, you know? So I definitely try to make the attempt to reach out to my mother so she knows I'm still alive and thriving, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but we move on to... Um, this next scene in Brooklyn with Sida Silver and her husband. And I love their dynamics. Like they really balance each other out well. Um, we are in Brooklyn with Sai and her husband. And Sai shares that she wants to throw a Friendsgiving because Bryn doesn't have a family to spend Thanksgiving with. And then Jessel comes up in a conversation and Sai throws some slight shade some shady shade. It says that uh, what she did learn about Jessel on this Hamptons girls trip is that Jessel's vagina is in a drought. <gasps> in a drought. <gasps> Thirsty. But I love... <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? But I love that Sai's husband provides some balance to this conversation about Jessel and says that, listen, we don't know what Jessel's going through. We don't know where her, her and her husband are going through. And it must be stressful to have a set of twins, which I agree with. And I think the ladies could have done better in supporting Jessel instead of just telling her to hop on her husband's dick. Because if it were that simple, she would have done it already. She would have been done it. So, listen... I happen to agree with Cy De Silva's husband. Thank you, Mr. Cy De Silva, because <laughs> I don't remember her husband's name. And then we move on to At Home with Jessel and her husband. And they are having a conversation. Jessel wants to send her kids to Montessori school because uh, for her, it's not just about the quality of education, but it's also about who and what the children have access to when it comes to networking. But Jessel's husband is fine with sending them to a public school. And I would say this moment is very Gossip Girl. And I have to say it's giving a little season one of The Real Housewives in New York with Alex McCord when she's trying to get Francois and Johan into a private school. Go ahead, Alex. Go ahead, Alex. Johan face. Oh, sorry. Johan face, Alex. That's, listen, if you don't know what that reference is, that is season three, Scary Island. They are in St. John's and uh, Kelly Ben Simone is taking, doing a photo shoot of Sonia, um, Alex McCord and um, Ramona. And you know, Alex McCord was given scary face. And so Kelly Ben Simone was trying to help Alex think of something that would relax her face a little. And so she was like, come on, Alex, Johan face, Johan face. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. Um, but also Jessel tells her husband that she felt like the sacrificial lamb and the Hamptons with the ladies because of how she complained about like the heating and, you know, uh, the ugly lingerie that she got from Jenna Lyons. And listen, Jessel's husband kept it 100 with her and chose his words wisely and lovingly. Because based on what we've seen so far, 
he's kind of right about Jessel. And I like Jessel. Like, I really love Jessel. I, I slid in her DMs today. Um, it is, what's today? Tuesday. Slid in her DMs to let her know, like, listen, I love you. Well, I didn't say I love you. That's a little creepy. But I was like, listen, I'm loving you on the show. Hold your head up high and don't let anyone change who you are. Because I I love what Jessel is bringing to the show. And I'm, I'm going to get into what Jessel is bringing to the show a little later. So we get to the Bryn's Friendsgiving at Side to Silva's Brownstone in Brooklyn. I love, by the way, love Sai's home in Brooklyn. I'm constantly looking at brownstones or townhouses on Zillow in Brooklyn, like I can afford a $15 million townhouse. Um, but in my mind, one day I will be able to buy myself a nice Brooklyn brownstone. Listen, from my mouth to God's ears, receive it, Jesus, receive it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's now time for size Bryn's giving. And I love how every time someone enters the door, <laughs> Bryn greets them and quickly turns around so that they can see her literal backside, which, you know, Brenna's looking hot and that dress. So if you got it, flaunt it. Boy, I know you want it. Watch me turn around there. Watch you take up on. Oh, you're watching me shake it. I can see it in your face. And so listen, Bren, <laughs> that was a terrible, terrible rendition of Check Up On It by Beyonce Giselle knows carter i'm sorry b beehive don't come for me don't sting me but bren is flaunting it and she looks hot as f in that dress how long have i just been holding on to my water bottle like this thirsty as hell so um jessel arrives greets the ladies and offers what most would consider to be condolences to Aaron for the death of her grandmother. But then Jessel says, um, oh, that's unfortunate. And she's like, I hope that today went well. Um, Jessel, based on the mere fact that Aaron uh, just buried, buried her grandmother that day, I would assume that that day did not go well. <laughs> now, a lot of you on social media are ragging on Jessel, calling her rude, bratty, entitled, all the things. And all of those things might be true about Jessel. I'm not denying what I've seen so far, but I have to be honest. Jessel is rising in my rankings on The Real Housewife of New York because she has no clue, none whatsoever, how she comes across. She is completely unaware of how people receive what comes out of her mouth, and that is what makes a good housewife. Having a lack of awareness is what makes a great housewife. So you might not like everyone on the show, but Jessel is needed on the show. And I did say this last week on the show. <laughs> um, so we should be thankful for Jessel and that we get to attend this Friendsgiving through the television. So I also have to point out that I love that Jenna Lyons did not know she was stirring the pot by telling Aaron that Jessel called them a bunch of cackling hags. Uh, because, of course, Aaron's going to tell the other ladies, which will lead to conflict 
But I also want to congratulate Jenna Lyons on stirring the pot. She's turning into a housewife. Look at you, Jenna. And I need you to lean into it, Jenna. Lean in. Not lean back. Lean in. And give us some more innocent pot stirring. Because, listen, this might be your mark. It just might. So then the ladies sit down for dinner and things get raw and emotional from Bren. We learn from Bren that she didn't, she didn't, she didn't, sorry, she didn't live with her parents for long. She lived in Section 8 housing, she was on food stamps, and she experienced abuse and neglect. And she feels like the two people who were supposed to love her the most, her parents, were incapable of loving her and her siblings. And I have to say, this is another moment that Bryn had, that I was in tears, because Bryn had me in tears. And watching her open up about her childhood, like, I have to shout out Bryn for being open, honest, and sharing her story. Because when we watch Bryn, she's fun, she's bubbly, she's the life of the party. So you would never know that she has experienced this trauma and this pain and to me, it's evident that this pain and this trauma from her childhood still sits with her. But my thing is that if she does not work on healing that pain, that trauma, it will bleed into other aspects of her life. Because you cannot put a Band-Aid on a wound that needs stitches because that wound is never going to heal. Never. So I am sending all of my love to you, Bryn Whitfield. And that is Bravo T. That is a Bravo T with Jared B episode for you today. That's my recap of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I gave you some Bravo news. I gave you a, my recap of the Real Housewives of New York. And I just want to say I sincerely thank you all so much for the support all around the world. I have listeners in Australia, England, of course, in the United States. Uh, listen, I have a consistent listener in Bangladesh. Shout out to Bangladesh. Listen, follow me on the pod. I Introduce, well, follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram, by the way, at Bravo T with Jared B, at Bravo T with JB on Twitter. You can follow me on TikTok. I am also on Threads. Listen, reach out to me, slide in my DMs, introduce yourself, and I would love to mention you and mention it all on Bravo T with Jared B. Continue to tell your friends, your family, your co-workers that you have a new podcast that you are obsessed with, Bravo Tea with Jared B. Um, I appreciate all the love and support. That's all the Bravo Tea I have for you today. I love you for listening. And until next time, until Friday's episode, have a good one. Mm-hmm.